there, soulmates. We are back at it on this Valentine's Day. It is February 14th, but uh, love is definitely in need of love today as we have uh, plenty to talk about today. Welcome to Fox Soul's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelai Corte. We're bringing you the stories that impact our people. Indeed, it's our news, it's our views, and our voice topping the news today. A senseless and tragic shooting spree on the campus of Michigan State University takes the lives of three students. Police say five others remain in critical condition. According to investigators, a suspect died from a inflicted, self-inflicted, that is, gunshot wound uh, off campus. Truly has been a nightmare that we are living tonight, but we have remained laser focused on the safety of our campus, our students, and the surrounding community. We are relieved to no longer have an active threat on campus while we realize that there is so much healing that will need to take place after this. And counselors are being made available for students and staffs. There will be no classes or other campus related activities today or tomorrow as the investigation into the shooting and the shooter is still ongoing. But Nikolai, um, you have some details about the suspect right now. That's right, Courtney. You know, overnight, police finally dropped the name of the shooter who has no known connection to the school or the campus. He's 43 years old and he the suspected shooter is Anthony McRae, he was found off campus early Tuesday morning and before officers could close in on him, McRae shot himself. Now, McRae has a history with gun violence. In fact, he was arrested in 2019 on a gun gun related charge. Um, and just from reading a little bit about the story, some of the neighbors, uh, you know, suspected that something was a little off uh, with McRae. Mm -hmm. uh, he was known to sort of be a little bit of a loner uh, and he would he would engage in target practice in his backyard on a routine basis. There were a number of neighbors that reported, uh, you know, uh, seeing him engage in target practice mm -hmm. just last summer. You know, this was absolutely devastating. It's still horrific. It's still hard to uh, process. Uh, I attended Michigan State University, very familiar with these buildings. Uh, Berkey and, and the um, Student Union uh, sit off the main road, which is going to be Grand River. And so that's a lot of the scene that you saw uh, last night. But we went out to dinner last night. And as soon as we walked in the door, these shootings started uh, right after 8, uh, within that half hour between 8 and 8.30. And my phone just started blowing up. I'm like, what is going on? on and uh, it was my brother uh, telling me that there was an active uh, um, uh, shooter, shooter yeah. uh, on campus uh, and then you start to see videos of um, the students running for safety. Uh, you see uh, the alert that says um, run, hide or fight. Um, so it was at that point that I knew it was critical. Um, I had uh, friends and Soros who have students up there now, their children are up there now. And so it was very um, emotional last night. I even saw some local uh, coverage where anchors who have uh, kids uh, at uh, Michigan State were on air doing their job and texting with their children. Um, I know that the uh, authorities aren't gonna release uh, names until uh, later on uh, in the day, but right now we do know a quarter to a reality star uh, Delicious, her niece. Uh, her social media handle is uh, Ariel uh, Diamond is one of the uh, three victims uh, uh, who uh, 
or victim in this um, in this uh, shooting. And this again is confirmed via Delicious and her family via a post. There'll probably be uh, more of an official statement from uh, MSU authorities uh, come uh, today, uh, as is reported. Uh, just heartbreaking to think that you send your yeah. uh, your beautiful baby to school, and yeah. uh, this is this is what uh, this is what happens. So young and so beautiful. Um, my goodness, my mm -hmm. goodness, and and just for you, real mm -hmm. quick. I mean, mm -hmm. you're an MSU grad. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. what is it like to watch, you know, folks on the campus that, you know, you spent so much time on to watch, you know, folks really, you know, in trauma and reacting yeah. in horror. I mean, I, you know. Um. You know, to, I mean, this is real fresh. This just happened yesterday. Yeah, so to to actually know and be familiar and have, you know, been on that campus. I was there late 80s, early 90s. The campus has changed a lot, but buildings like Berkey, that's an older part of the campus uh, that's been there since the inception of the union where we all gather. You know, Michigan State folks around here knows Michigan State has the best ice cream in the world. And that's a, that's a building that you go gather and have fun. You catch up with your friends. You go study in between school. So so it's it's shocking. I still can't believe, you know, that it has happened at Michigan State University because you're so used to it happening to other people on other campuses in other schools. And when it hits close to home, um, the chief of uh, police for the Michigan State uh, University uh, uh, campus, good friend of mine, he's actually my generation of, of Spartans. I saw him last night and and uh, the deputy mostly spoke and he kind of, uh, you know, stayed in the background. But I know there's a lot on him right now. Folks have been reaching out to him because he's like our boy, our guys, like what is happening? All the frightened parents uh, are what really jarred me last night. Um, all of my sorors who have kids up there, because now we're at an age now where our kids are there in college. And it was just devastating to see. And I don't know how you begin to go back to school. How do you go back to class? That was a classroom. You know, how do you go back to class and study and focus, um, you know, with this happening or with a classmate that was just there uh, the night before, not there anymore. I know there's going to be a lot of um, vigils uh, tonight uh, on other college campuses. I'm not quite sure what Michigan State has planned. If anything, I know uh, I've been yeah. talking and texting with people and they're just still in a state of shock. Um, well, you know what? Mm. It's okay for people to feel that sense of shock. Yeah, and it is. Uh, we it's, it's tough feel to, it's, it. And it's tough to talk about uh, today. And then when you get the news that, you know, you're not too far once removed from one of the victims yeah. and those other five victims are still, um, or ones who were injured uh, are still fighting for their lives in, in, in Sparrow Hospital, which is the big medical center up there. It's difficult to talk yeah. about. It really, yeah. really it's is. difficult. It's difficult. Well, gun violence um, is a difficult topic uh, to talk about, uh, and we are certainly talking about it. Gunviolencearchive.org keeps track of all reported gun violence in the nation since the start of the year. Listen to this. There's been over 60 mass shootings. This is madness, including last night's. Uh, so we are tired of talking about the lives lost, and it's time to discuss how to prevent these shootings and what action, action we can take right now. Yeah, so here to help us learn about things we can do is Wisdom Cole, Director of Youth and College Division for the NAACP. Uh, we hate it has to be under these circumstances, but we do uh, welcome you to the Black Report Wisdom. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time out uh, of your busy day. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. So Wisdom, tell us, you know, what were your thoughts about last night uh, when you heard the news and especially when you learned that the perpetrator mm 
was a black man. I mean, oftentimes when we see, you know, these mass shootings and their active shooter situations, they typically are not black folks, but in this case, it was different. You know, this situation is a tragedy. You know, I'm glad that um, students are, are safe, but I know they're shaken. Um, this has become all too common in our time and era where we have become experts in seeing this happen um, all too often. You know, going to school should never be a life-threatening endeavor, but this is America. And apparently every day that we leave the house, we must fear for our safety. And so when I think of the situation, really recognizing that there is a need for our legislators to hear us out when we talk about safe and sensible gun laws. Um, recognizing that young people are, are facing this and the, the mental, emotional, and physical trauma uh, that continues to carry with them um, is a, a heavy burden, right? You know, as you said, how can people continue going to class, mm -hmm. um, taking exams, you know, st studying for uh, midterms? You know, all those things become more difficult because the entire time you came there just to be a student, to uh, figure out your future, and this being something that be is consistent in our narrative, right? You know, I was a former high school teacher and have also been through a school shooting. And so mm. these things are becoming all too prevalent um, in our day and age. Uh, Wizard, when you talk about the uh, mental health argument, uh, the whole idea of will there be a fair shake when it comes to this particular black gunman, we know now that according to his sister, he was pretty transient. Uh, he would go from city to city living in shelters. She also talked about how he was uh, uh, socially isolated and she hadn't even seen her brother since uh, their mother's funeral back in 2020. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the, the mental health argument and, and how or how not um, valid this argument uh, can or cannot be? You know, um, that is an argument, but re regardless of that aspect, you know, there's things that we can do to ensure that our campuses are safe, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. can't always account for everybody else and the things that they do and what's going on in their lives, but we can make sure that we ban guns on college campuses. We can make sure that we improve crime statistics we can make sure that there is a requirement for universal background checks and we can create evidence-based crisis assessments and prevention programs in schools, right? This is a real reality happening um, every single day, right? Just as you were saying, there's actually been 67 mass shootings that have happened mm -hmm. this year alone. That's more mass shootings than days this year, right? Rather than assessing the person, let's ensure that we are protecting our students. Mm -hmm. And, and speaking of protecting our students, um, you know, Wisdom, we know that Governor Whitmer uh, in the State of the State address here in Michigan called for universal background checks, uh, you know, uh, for uh, red flag laws that have become increasingly more popular across the country. Uh, tell us a little bit about what we can do right now to follow the lead of the NAACP Youth and College Division. What can we do right now to make change? Because we are so tired of this. We are tired of reporting on this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people across this country are so tired of experiencing this, the heartbreak, the heartache every single day. Give our soulmates a call to action starting right here in Michigan. Well, first, I want to make sure that everybody is checking in with themselves and making sure that they are good. You know, these things, again, are becoming all too common. And oftentimes we begin to normalize situations like this. This is not normal. Mm -hmm. 
this is not normal. And so we need each and every single one of you uh, to continue the work, right? You know, folks have voted, people have protested, uh, people have provided comprehensive uh, recommendations, and we must continue to do everything in our power to advocate for substantial changes needed to protect our communities. We want everybody to call on the members of Congress to act now. You know, how many more examples before we actually put our, our words into actions, right? We need to make sure that we are keeping our elected officials accountable and ensuring that young people are safe when they are on their college campuses, when they're in their K through 12 schools, and ensuring that we have a safer future for all. Yeah, continue to call them out indeed, Wisdom. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today and giving us your perspective and insight. We'll definitely have you back to uh, talk some more and uh, we appreciate you and stay safe. And thanks so much for joining us. All right, moving on here. Do y'all remember Shinedu Okobi? He was the Morehouse grad who died by the hands of police for jaywalking. His family has finally reached a settlement in the case. Now, the settlement between his family and the Northern California County was reached back in August, but has just become public. Okobi died of cardiac arrest after physical exertion, restraint, and electromuscular disruption. A pathology report uh, from the coroner's office stated this. Now, California County will now pay $4.5 million to the family, However, no deputies were charged in this death. I still can't believe no deputies were charged. I mean, you know, at least they got four and a half million dollars. That is something. Uh, but in my view, not nearly enough. Uh, but moving on to a 55 year old man uh, who will spend nine years behind bars for banana peels. That's right, y'all. I said banana peels. That's because he used those peels to racially harass his black neighbors. So listen to this. Police documents say that Robert Iverson pleaded guilty to criminal harassment, a criminal civil rights violation, and more than 100 weapons charges. That's one zero zero. The straw that broke the camel's back is when uh, his new neighbors from Haiti moved in. Now, uh, police say that they found a banana peel over 40 times over the course of several months. Police even caught him in the act a few times. Can you believe this is happening in 2023? Somebody is leaving banana peels, you know, in their neighbor's yard as a point of of harassment intended to, to create racial intimidation. Right. That is what's happening in Massachusetts in 2023. And, you know, don't think this stuff is not connected. Right. Today, it's a banana peel. And tomorrow, it's something that's far more threatening before somebody loses their life. All right. So let's go to Texas to talk about what's going on. As uh, many people are a little pissed off at a policy change by the governor, Greg Abbott, is telling state agencies diversity should not be considered in employment hiring practices because it's illegal. Now, this comes from a memo sent by Abbott's office this week. The memo allegedly says the use of diversity, equity and inclusion policies violate federal and state employment laws and hiring cannot be based on factors other than merit. So basically they're trying to make diversity, equity and inclusion illegal. 
and we're okay with that? No, we shouldn't be okay with that. You know, but we also shouldn't be surprised because that's the same thing that Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida with the Stop Woke Act and that what folks are trying to do in South Carolina. And so don't think what's happening in Florida isn't happening to you. Uh, now from Florida to Milwaukee, where black voters in Milwaukee say that they're not surprised about recent revelations on Republican strategies targeting minority communities. During last year's elections, an election commissioner boasted about low turnout in predominantly black and Latino neighborhoods, and an audio recording surfaced of Trump's Wisconsin campaign team, get this, laughing about their efforts to reach black voters in 2020. Now, many black voters have felt targeted by Republicans for years with public displays of ignoring their priorities or actively trying to keep them from voting. Wisconsin Republicans, on the other hand, deny suppressing votes, but advocates accuse them of pushing policies to do so. So not only are we talking about voter intimidation, but now our, our, our votes are a joke. Now you're gonna act like you don't need our votes. Historically, we, we've seen it's been laid out time and time again. Uh, get Biden on the phone and ask him about how powerful that black vote is, in particular, uh, black women who showed up to the, who strolled to the polls uh, to put his behind uh, in the presidency. So, you know, listen, um, they can ch chuckle and chat and think what they wanna think, uh, but when it comes down to that vote, uh, the stats don't lie, and some of these uh, politicians, whether they're black or white, will tell you how important that black vote is. So these people are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to say what they're going to say. But when it is time to cast that vote, when it is time to show up at the polls, regardless of what we got to do, we got to sneak a bottle of water in, some snacks, go pick up folks. Uh, we have to continue to show up because we can't not allow these folks to for us to think that our vote does not matter. It absolutely does and always has. That is why they go to what they, the extent that they go to, right. to make us believe that it doesn't. You're right, our vote is our voice. And if our voice didn't matter, they wouldn't be working so hard to diminish our vote. That's right. That's, That's the right. connection. Mm -hmm. You know, well, Milwaukee is what, over 70% black? Mm -hmm. Surprise, surprise. They're trying to suppress the vote in, in Milwaukee. And so we can't allow that soulmates. We can't allow it. At all. All right, Francis, uh, defense minister has criticized the way French soldiers soldiers are depicted in the Marvel Studios film Black Panther Wakanda Forever as false and misleading. Now the scene shows a group of villainous mercenaries resembling French troops being brought before the UN in Geneva. France withdrew its troops from Mali last year after nine years of fighting against Islamist extremists. The country also is withdrawing uh, troops from Burkina Faso this month at the demand of the West African country country's military rulers. So, the quarter lot. So, mates, do you think it's appropriate for fictional movies and TV shows to reference and depict real-life military forces or groups, especially when it could be seen as inaccurate or offensive? Me over here, I feel like if it's fictitious, not so much so, because it is just that. It is fictitious. You've got, you know, artistic license to sort of kind of, you know, tell the story how you want to tell the story. I think if it's a documentary, something that's being, you know, uh, put out there uh, to mark history in some kind of way, absolutely. There has to be accuracy. So for me, it boils down to does art imitate life or does uh, life imitate, life imitate art. art? And for me, it just depends on what the art is. This being fictitious, 
I can understand the concern, but it's a fictitious story. Doesn't bother me as much as if it were a documentary. And think about how poorly we've been uh, portrayed uh, throughout history, whether it's fictitious or documentaries, and what we've you know uh, had to deal with as far as um, you know how we've been um, seen and what filter has been used to portray uh, black people. So you know this is nothing new for us. Yeah, I mean, it was this was strange to me. It was strange mm -hmm. to see the French minister, you know, devote so much energy around this and tweet this out because the legacies of colonialism are real, right? Mm -hmm. And and to me, his tweet seemed tone deaf uh, to that. Yes, you know, you know, the French, you know, have have provided military support in places like Mali and places like Burkina Faso, uh, and and some support even, you know, fairly recently. Uh, but you know, I, I think he's he's over his skis on this. You know, uh, oh, it is not skis? it okay. is not that that serious. It's I think not. he he's put a little too much heat on it. He got he got to take some heat off of that because uh, like you said, you know, this is, you know, a a fictitious movie, right? Yeah, it's inspired it's by history. It's inspired by a lot of things, you know, but you know, you know, this is not a documentary and so it's too much cool off going Mr. On French minister in the world for this to be a cool off concern. a little bit. And also, you know, uh, Wakanda forever right now is the most downloaded movie on Disney Plus. So folks are watching it whether they agree with this point or whether this point is frivolous or not. So there you go. Yeah, well still ahead, a trick to how some businesses are seeing an increase hmm. in sales. Plus, one of the Kardashians is in hot water this Black History Month. We'll tell you all Ooh. about it. You're watching Fox Black report. I'm telling. All right, soulmates, in these polarizing times, have you ever wondered if there mm. might be any harm in labeling something as Black-owned? Now, focusing on Yelp, who introduced the Black-owned business label back in 2020, a Harvard Business School study uh, showed the feature created a 30% increase in sales, showing the demand in consumer support for those businesses, particularly in the restaurant space, in-person visits per week jumped 10%, showing the impact past the virtual world. Now, in a separate Airbnb, Airbnb case study, the Harvard Business Review reported black hosts received less in rent than hosts of their other races, showing signs of discrimination against guests, even guests with names who sounded African-American uh, sounding names faced scrutiny. Hmm. Maybe I might consider changing my name from Nicordelai Corte to Jared Corte. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Well, it's Black History Month, y'all, and more eyes are taking notice of which Black-owned brands are getting the respect that they deserve and which aren't. That might be why inquiring minds want to know why Nordstrom, yeah, we called you out Nordstrom, has Khloe Kardashian's Good American brand listed in their black-owned section. Well, technically, Kardashian is just the co-owner of Good American, a size-inclusive fashion line. She started with Emma Greed, the CEO and co-founder of Good American. Greed is a biracial British businesswoman raised by an English mother who worked for Morgan Stanley and a Jamaican and Trinidadian father. Soulmates, this is not a new conversation among fashion consumers. Since Good American's appearance on Nordstrom, the retailer has faced questions on social media from users that have been confused by its placement among the black-owned 
fashion companies. Well, she Courtney is, Hicks, she, what she, say you? She is definitely a black woman. I don't, you know, care what she's mixed with. We, we, we've had that discussion too. Definitely a, a black woman or a woman of color. And here's the thing. I was reading uh, a census data that shows that there are 3.12 million black owned businesses. We're talking about back here in the U.S. that generate 206 billion dollars that's annually in revenue supporting about uh, three and a half million uh, in jobs so there's that that you might not be aware of black businesses are here we are flourishing and we are absolutely um, uh, contributing to the economy however it is still harder to launch a business and stay afloat some 57 percent black uh, business owners surveyed say credit availability, and then 40% of black business owners uh, don't think that they'll ever have equal access to capital. So maybe that is why uh, Sister Emma has to partner up with folks like the Kardashians just to get the footing and, and to get what she, she needs as far as capitalism to you know continue to advance her products and her line. Maybe if, if, if we could you know write this world, if you will, in regards of the stats that clearly show uh, black business owners have a tough time getting what they need to start and to stick and stay, uh, maybe she wouldn't have had to partner with the Kardashian who we know uh, has a lot more access uh, than, than most. Look, soulmates, take a look at your screen. This is Emma. Mm -hmm. This is this is the, the co-founder here. And, you know, I get it. There, there are a lot of women-owned businesses and mm -hmm. black-owned businesses that, you know, partner with, uh, you know, uh, businesses that are not minority-owned, mm -hmm. you know, in order to get their foothold in the marketplace. I get that. I think part of the issue among folks, at least in the social media world, is seeing Khloe Kardashian uh, associated with a brand uh, that is classified as a black business, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Khloe Kardashian, she is a supreme marketer, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure it makes all the business sense in the world, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that feel like the Kardashians uh, have a, a track record, you know, of, um, you know, cultural appropriation and 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 really stealing. Uh, I'm trying to think of a polite way to say it. But, stealing the but, style. But you yeah. know, like you know, really, you know, taking advantage, mm -hmm. you know, of their proximity to blackness, to black people, in order to make money. And so I think that was the rub here. Uh, but you know, make no mistake about it, uh, Miss Emma. Uh, is she's doing really well she is. and 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 uh, you know no shame in her game there are a lot of people that do it uh, that partner with folks that are not minorities well maybe in this she just should the, the Kardashians should not have been listed as there's a plenty of times when you read all, up on products and and creators and owners and they don't necessarily mention or have a silent partner so maybe uh, the Kardashian piece could have stayed silent in this particular publication just to get you know Nordstrom's point across of, of it being a black owned business that's not a lie either. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. partially black owned. And a lot of black owned businesses feel the need to partner with non-black owned businesses in order to, 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 to pursue opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is just an example of that. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that Khloe Kardashian was attached is a problem. Just rub people the wrong way. All right. Uh, speaking of rubbing something the wrong way, make sure you check your Fabuloso products as you might rub them in and around the house. I love Fabuloso. I think it's one of the best smelling things out there, but it's being recalled. Experts say you should stop using it immediately. It may contain bacteria that can enter your body if inhaled or from any cuts on your skin. If it comes in contact, uh, contact with your skin, this uh, poses a serious risk for people with weakened immune systems. 
system. The recall includes nearly 5 million bottles mm. sold since December at stores like Walmart and Dollar Tree. Now, back in October, Clorox recalled some uh, Pine Saw all-purpose cleaner because of the same bacteria. Check your labels and you might want to forego your bottle of Fabuloso. I know so, mates, you got it in your cabinet. It smells so good. I got it in my cabinet, yeah. and, I, and, and that's why I'm going to go check under the sink when I get home. Uh, but while we're talking about recalls, we can't forget about this really important recall notice that came out. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, nearly half a million children's activity gyms have been recalled due to a potential choking hazard. The problem with this silver lining cloud activity gym made by Skip Hop lies within the cloud decoration that clips onto it. It has three raindrops that dangle from it by ribbons. Those raindrops can detach and then become a choking hazard. Skip Hop says consumers can fix it by cutting off the raindrops with a pair of scissors. Now, take a photo, soulmates, take a photo of the toy with the remove raindrops and send it to the company uh, through its website to receive a $10 gift card and a free shipping code for any other product. Mm. Uh, we've been talking a lot about, you know, products Recalls. being recalled mm -hmm. and, you know, remember we were talking about the, the Listeria outbreak yeah. and, you know, all the meats that needed to be there's recalled. Always a, there's always an automobile recall yeah, uh, because of some sort of malfunction. I think what this is a, a call for us to do is become, you know, conscious and aware consumers where we, we have to use the power of the internet and the information highway, if you will, to keep on top of the specific products we buy. You know, some of these products, you know, you, I don't have a baby. So, you know, that, that, but, you know, there are plenty of soulmates who do. I have family members who have young people. And so we're just going to have to really stay abreast of what's happening out here and really take the responsibility as these companies, we kind of talked about this yesterday, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. these companies do what they need to be doing or, or their feet being held to the fire with what they need to do as far as safety and things of that nature. Um, we just have to stay conscious and aware of what's happening with these products, these everyday products that we use in, in our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah, and we also need to make sure that the folks that we are electing mm -hmm. uh, are uh, for consumers, right? Uh, they're not just rooting for businesses to succeed, but they're rooting for consumers to be protected. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have consumer protections in place, mm -hmm. uh, then we don't even hear about mm -hmm. uh, these outbreaks in real time or these recalls in real time, mm -hmm. you know, where we all have a chance to protect ourselves and protect our families. And yeah. so this is another reason mm -hmm. why your vote is your voice yeah. and why it matters. In the meantime, you can check the Better Business Bureau, which I always do, or just check ratings and reviews. That's what they're there for. Click on them and see what folks are saying about these products. All right, coming up, it's an honor, 60 years in the making. That's right, we'll introduce you to the black veteran who's set to receive his Medal of Honor, finally. finally. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, soulmates, they say a delay is not a denial. Hmm. And after a delay of nearly six decades, one of the first black officers in the Green Berets will receive the Medal of Honor, the nation's highest combat decoration for his heroism in Vietnam. Yeah, it kind of started to feel like a denial for a minute, but two years ago, Davis' story about how his Medal of Honor paperwork mysteriously vanished back in 1965 at the height of the civil rights movement first aired on CBS this morning. Now, 
now, after two years of advocacy and awareness, President Joe Biden on Monday personally called retired Colonel Paris Davis to deliver the news, informing him that he will now receive the Medal of Honor for his, quote, remarkable heroism during the Vietnam War. That's according to a White House statement. Only 8% of Medal of Honor recipients uh, from Vietnam are black. And so this is a, a huge honor, mm -hmm. uh, an honor that is uh, long delayed but well-deserved. All right. Now, according to a new Lumina Foundation Gallup study, more black college students compared to their non-black counterparts must balance classwork while competing with outside responsibilities such as a full-time job and caregiving. The study found that 20% of black students must work full-time jobs compared to only 11% of non-black students. This is leading to 46% of black students considering dropping out of their bachelor's programs. The study also suggest schools uh, integrate flexibility for time and location of courses as well as offer comprehensive support services like on-campus child care and financial assistance. Double click on that financial assistance. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when I was in college, mm -hmm. uh, I uh, interned, um, not full-time, but part-time, and so I worked every year while I was in college and uh, I could have used a, a study like this to make the case for how I needed more support from financial aid, but we did all right. Moving along, uh, the University of Louisville's men and women's basketball teams plan on celebrating Black History Month by wearing special uniforms to honor black excellence, heritage, and the motherland. That's right, the well thought out special Adidas uniform featuring a theme of cream colors and golden flowers to mimic goldenrod, which is the state flower of Kentucky. The cream color is a nod to cream of the planet, referring to Africa's abundance of natural resources like diamonds and gold, platinum, cocoa, and ivory, just to name a few. The uniforms are meant to show respect to black influencers giving them their flowers while they're still here. Now, according to a news release, fans will also be able to purchase these shirts. And so, you know, I'm going to log on to the Google All right. and get me a shirt. So let's flip the coin here and go to Arkansas, where that district superintendent is apologizing to community members for the district's handling of a situation last week regarding the use of Black History Month T-shirts by athletic coaches. Now, over the weekend, there was a report that came out on social media alleging that the superintendent of Conway Public Schools, quote, issued a directive prohibiting its coaches from wearing attire at school athletic events that mention celebrate black history. Now, that's a statement that was issued by the Faulkner County for Social Justice. Now, the statement added that uh, the superintendent did not think it was appropriate for uh, Conway coaches to wear attire that expressed support for groups that resemble a cult. Resembled a cult? That's what oh, the man stop said. it. That's what stop he said. Stop it. A That's cult? Is that what we're calling mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter? So if you're calling Black Lives Matter a cult, then mm -hmm. what are you talk calling the insurrectionist at the oh. Capitol? What do you call them? Because they're not patriots. Mm -hmm. So what would you call them? That's okay, Mr. Superintendent. We're waiting. We want to hear. You can call me up right here at Fox Souls Black Report. I want to hear from you. I would call them idiots for them to think that they can storm this capital. Well, you know what? Some of them have gotten away with it. You know, there's this back and forth of, of, of you know, what it was and what it wasn't. You know, there's also talk within our culture, if it was, if it was us, how it probably would have been handled very, very differently. So it goes back to this old adage that I used to hear my parents say, the thought that white is right 
And, uh, you know, we just as black folks ha have to continue to dismantle that and, and press forward and move on. And, and we know that, that black lives matter. Uh, uh, and, you know, but listen, this is what you're still going to continue to get. So I think, you know, it's very key to stand your ground and <laughs> stand your ground and think about how you're going to move forward despite we've always had to deal with some some what of a struggle and we always maintain and we always survive it and we always keep it moving. Yeah, but this Courtney, is no different. But some Courtney, things you, wait a minute, wait a minute. Courtney, some things you just can't let bother you. Courtney, this bothers well, me. But I'm not this, saying this, this, bothers this superintendent me. should get this away with me. it. I think it bothers, a lot, it bothers a lot of people that are watching. And if the coaches really feel the way they feel, wear the t-shirt. You can go find if another coaching job somewhere If these coaches feel else. the way they feel, they shouldn't be coaching. What are you teaching our kids? You know, you just compared Black Lives Matter, a movement, a racial justice movement, to a cult. To a cult. Well, this is what you know, he and and you are in a place of learning. Well, right? he this told is, this, his this coaches is, this is, this they couldn't this wear is it at a school. But if in fact there are coaches who choose to wear it or would want to wear it, take a stand and wear the damn T-shirt. That's all I'm saying. You can go find a coaching job somewhere else. Last if this is about I checked, if, if if this is free about free speech was our right. That's my whole point of the coaches putting on the T-shirt. And if this is about mentoring young people, uh, uh, um, um, cultivating them, and helping them come into a voice of their own, that would be a great, great example, this coach saying, you know what, I, st I feel this way and I'm gonna put on this t-shirt anyway and I'll deal with the consequences. Well, this That's is my... why we celebrate black history. You gotta get and this radical. is why we celebrate black history and you we will continue radical. to teach black history. Right? This mm -hmm. is why we're going to read banned books. And this is why we're going to do all the things. That's my whole point. Right here on Fox Souls Black Report because, you know, because of nonsense like this, you know, uh, ignorance uh, that is afoot in this country That's that doesn't make a distinction Put on a t -shirt between anyway. the insurrectionists uh, in, on the Capitol and folks that are fighting for racial justice. Courtney, please take this story. All right, speaking of black history, here's what happened today on this day in uh, 1760, way back. Richard Allen, the founder of uh, other African, no, I'm sorry, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, that's it, was born. The AME Church evolved out of the Free American Society at the end of the 18th century in Philadelphia. That's right, Courtney. The society was a response to the discrimination against black Methodists who requested aid from the charitable funds of their church. The church has grown to a global membership of around, get this, 2.5 million members and remains one of the largest Methodist denominations in the world. Mm -hmm. Today in 1817, abolitionist, editor, orator, author, statesman, Frederick Douglass was born into slavery as Frederick Bale Douglass. He was purchased, uh, he purchased his freedom in 1845 and went on to become the greatest abolitionist of his time. Uh, one of his famous quotes, if there is no struggle, there is no progress. That's why I say put, Amen. On, put on the shirt, Amen. put on Amen. the t-shirt. In the year of 1867, Morehouse College was organized in Augusta, Georgia, mm. also the hometown of James Brown. That's say it. it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. <laughs> Uh, the institution was later moved to Atlanta and has produced many famous and influential graduates, including mm -hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Julian Bond, Maynard Jackson, Spike Lee, Samuel L. Jackson, Pastor Jamal Bryant, 
civil rights attorney Lee Merritt, activist Sean King, just to name a few. Yeah, plenty more House men out here doing some good. All right, on this day in 1961, a member of the popular R&B group Tony, Tony, Tony was born. Today we celebrate the birthday of Dwayne Wiggins. Tony, Tony, Tony includes uh, his brother, Raphael Sadiq, and their cousin, Timothy Christian. They are responsible for iconic 90s hits like Feels Good, Whatever You Want, It Never Rains in Southern California, just the entire soundtrack of your 1990s life. That's honey. right, that's right. <laughs> also today in 1991, African-American inventor, Dr. Lonnie G. Johnson patents the Super Soaker mm. toy that goes on to sell over 40 million units. Did you know it sold 40 million units? I know that he got ripped off and later on had to go up, finish the story. By all, we'll talk by about all means, he sure did. Mm. Uh, and he made it to the top selling the toy in the U.S. in 1991 and 1992. And those are just some, some important moments that happened today in black history. Yeah, he had to reclaim his invention, his time, his money. As years later, uh, he finally got his just due and was paid for that invention because you know they, they took it from him. I'm not surprised, but uh, I'm glad that he overcame, mm -hmm. right? Now to some black history in Chicago. It's called the Heritage Water Trial. Here's the uh, story of how this historic site was so important to the Underground Railroad and still is important to many blacks today. Let's take a look. Right here we are looking at the African-American Heritage Water Trail. On an unusually warm winter day, we meet historian Lillian Holden along the banks of the Little Calumet River, a waterway that flows through hundreds of years of African-American history. It is a 12-mile long water trail that covers at least two centuries worth of history, ranging from the Underground Railroad, the Civil Rights Movement, the birth of the Environmental Justice Movement. In warmer weather, the conservation group Open Lands conducts tours of the history trail by boat. Every summer, um, we have a series of um, river um, engagements to um, uh, interpret the history that is associated with the African-American Heritage Water Trail. And a big piece of that history is right here, where a marker has been placed at the corner of 134th Place and St. Lawrence. We are standing on the Tan Farm site, which is a part of the Underground Railroads. The Tons were a Dutch immigrant family who owned a farm on the banks of the Little Calumet. Their house became an important stop on the Underground Railroad, hiding and harboring African Americans fleeing slavery in the South. I'm a retired sergeant with Chicago Police Department. Ronald Gaines owns Chicago's finest marina, which now sits on the site of the Ton family farm. He says slaves seeking freedom would be taken in covered wagons to Chicago and then onto Detroit so they could escape into Canada. Even though we don't think of slavery as an issue in Chicago or up north, but you had to be out of the United States to be actually free, so you had to leave the home of the free to be free. To get to the Ton Farm, African Americans would cross the Little Calumet River here, near the Indiana Avenue Bridge. Abolitionist George Dalton, who founded the nearby village bearing his name, operated a ferry that carried the fleeing slaves across the river. Heading west, the historic water trail passes through the village of Robbins, one of the oldest incorporated black communities in the United States. In 1931, Robbins opened the first black-owned airport and flight school, which led to some of the country's most famous war heroes. It was a pathway to um, some uh, uh, pilots who have flown uh, as Tuskegee Airmen during World War II. 
And for one more piece of African-American history, let's go back to Ronald Gaines Marina, which has been on this site for decades and provided a home for black boaters who were often excluded from other boat clubs. So people come out and, and enjoy and see the south side of Chicago, see the beauty and, and what we have to offer out here as well. Does it always look this nice? No, it has not always looked this nice. Adela Bass is a community organizer who's helping to restore the little Calumet. She grew up in the Alkel Gardens public housing project, steps from the river, and remembers when this old landfill was still in use, leaching poison into the water. We call it the um, the, the hills of to toxicity. Now, with the Heritage Water Trail designation, the Little Calumet is coming back to life. It's a place within a place. Um, it separates you from the inner the, the city life and, and gives you a, a taste of nature. And brings to life two centuries of Chicago black history. Dane Placco, Fox 32 Chicago. Who knew? I used to live right off the little county. Really? Man. Yes. I, ne I did about 12 years in Chicago radio, uh, in particular little TV. I never knew. That's why, you know, story, feature stories like that and shows like Fox Souls Black Report bringing it to you. That's why Black History Month is important and that's why just being black and, and learning what you can 365 is important. I had no idea. Um, I'm familiar with all those suburbs that were mentioned uh, in that piece. And uh, you know what, even if we have to do a deep dive because they want to erase our history, I think at the end of the day, like we always say, it is on us to know it, to find it, unearth it, discover it and know it. I had no idea. I passed bypass the little Calumet River every single day. Well, maybe we'll take a road trip there. Okay. We keep talking about this road trip. We really need to get on the road. Mm -hmm. Up next, almost 4 million views for Black yes, Love. Yes, I'm so excited. We will introduce you to the Griffins, who went viral on uh, TikTok for their love story. They're up next. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> Come on, Pops. Chicken salad is on. You want some bread or you just gonna get a spoonful? Come this way, honey. Come, come this way. Can so you can do can, you can do chicken salad on bread, croissants, put it on a the spinach wrap. A spinach wrap, lettuce. Um my favorite way for him, it's on bread. So you want me to make you a sandwich? You taste it first, then you can make your sandwich. You gotta it's come in, you gotta come in come the, in camera. the camera. And say hi. Oh my gosh, love is just, it's an absolute beautiful journey. And for this particular married couple, it has been a journey of five decades. That's right, that's right. As the world celebrates this day of love, this couple has taken to the internet. They've taken the internet by storm that's with right. their adorable TikTok videos, which have gone viral, amassing millions of views. We want to welcome Pastor Ronald and First Lady Linda Griffin to the show to talk about their timeless love. Ooh, welcome to Fox Souls Black Report. Thank you for Happy us. Valentine's so Day. Thank you. Don't you look pretty in all this red? 
You my we girl. And you smell <laughs> good. I do. You smell good. you want good. to mention something about me? Um, <laughs> you're very handsome and dapper. But this here. How do I smell? You know the deal. Okay. You smell fantastic. Thank you. I just... so, so, so tell us a little bit about, about your love story. Just the Cliff Notes version of, of your love story. How long have you been married? You know, and, uh, you know, what do you want people to know the most about your love story? Well, be 52 years just coming August the 14th and I think if there's any singular thing that I want the people to understand is love comes from trust and respect. If you don't have those two ingredients the love won't last and the next thing that I want people to know is I consider her a gift from God mm. and so I treat her just like that. Wow, he is my hero and what I mean by that is God gave him as a gift to me. And I treasure him just that way. Whatever he wants, I try my best to provide it. If it's a meal, not a problem. If he wants just to take a ride, I'm there to do that. Mm. If he wants just conversation, I say, let's go. Mm. If it's a boring night, I say, let's make a picnic in the bed with a blanket and a picnic sandwich. Bottom line is he's my one, and we keep it live for each other. Mm -hmm. 52 years, I, he's the air in my lungs. So we spend our time just making each other happy. And, and the most important thing in that context, I mean, a pastor, you got to have God in your life. You got mm -hmm. to pray got because to. we have some intense moments of fellowship. Mm -hmm. uh, that's our way of saying, you know, sometimes we don't agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then so, but our prayer life and love, is, love and respect we have for each other, years ago would be bumps in the road. Now it's just smooth sailing mm -hmm. because we worked our way through all of that. Mm -hmm. So we're each other's best friends. Okay, I should have bought some tissue. I'll be <laughs> I know, I can't take it. All right, speaking of, Pastor, you said um, bumps in the road. You know, I've been following y'all from your, from your moment, from your day one viral moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've tapped in and, and read a lot more about the story. Um, there was a time, maybe 20 years in, mm -hmm. when you were like, I'm done, I'm finished. That's I don't right. know if you actually filed or were about to file. No. Talk a little bit about that and how you overcame, because I think, especially with you being a viral couple, if you will, that's where okay. you're starting, people just see the highlights. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, then we all of a sudden see these marriages or, or these breakups, and we're like, well, what the heck happened? Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. uh, you don't see the real deal. How did you overcome almost divorcing after 20 years into your marriage? Well, we had faithful family members. My sister, my dad, his uh, family, mm -hmm. and we were able to go and talk with him. Mm -hmm. I had gone to an attorney mm -hmm. and I had filed for the divorce. Mm -hmm. What were the grounds at that time? What were you, was it just a 20-year itch? Or? No, no, she no. She was tired of me. I was tired of him. That was the grounds. He had a very lackadaisical mm -hmm. attitude about bills and the responsibility of marriage, mm -hmm. of a man. And uh, I said, you know what? If I'm gonna do this, I can do it by myself. And, um, <laughs> I can pay my own bills, mm. and, you, and you're going to take care of me, and you're going mm. to provide for the children. Mm -hmm. And I had gone to an attorney, and I had filed, and he was going to be served. And then one night, the Lord came into the room, in my bedroom. I had made my decisions. The attorney was getting ready to serve him the papers. 
and the Lord, I heard an audible voice, scared me to death. I had never heard of the voice of God before. And he told me to go and get him. Mm. And that put cancellation to my decision. Mm. Tell him where I was when you said go and get oh, him. Oh, he was in the basement. I had relegated him to the basement. Ah, you, put him, you didn't put him out, you just put him under. In the basement. <laughs> the basement was beautiful. It was under, the under, the under the house. Under the house. Out of the bedroom. Ooh, but geez. the Lord told me to get him upstairs. And it scared me so when I went to the top of the stairs, <clears throat> I called him and I said, Ron, come up here, come up here. And he was scared. He was reluctant to come up. Well, let me just, not scared, like cowardly scared. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought that woman was crazy. So <laughs> I said. Mm -hmm. She had already put you under the right. house in the right. basement. So, no, I'm not rushing up these steps <laughs> just right now. <laughs> well, you hold right here. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is true stuff. That's yeah, I believe it. Well, our thanks to Pastor mm -hmm. and First Lady Griffin for joining us here on Fox Souls Wack Report. Yes, and happy Valentine's Day to you all. That's right. Love's that's right. in need of love today. We had, it was, it was kind of emotional. For the, for the lady. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. And for all of you, remember to stay lifted. I'm Courtney Hicks. I'm the Cordelia Corte. <laughs> and we have the Griffins! <laughs> Bye, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day.